1: Listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we are going to be talking about back to school health. Because judging by my social media timeline, the kids are flocking back to school right now. And with them comes a whole host of other problems like sleepiness and allergies and just, if you're my kid, being grumpy. And so that's what we want to talk with you about today. If you've got tips and tricks on how you handle back to school, I'd love to hear those as well. Our number is one mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. As always, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org and we'll be back after the news.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Good morning and welcome back. You are listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC, and joining me in the studio today is also a nurse practitioner um, and faculty member at the School of Nursing, Dr. Ann Norwood. And uh, Dr. Norwood is the director of several of our school-based health clinics, so she is perfectly poised to help me tackle the topic of back-to-school health today, because that's what she's been doing for, we won't say how many years she's been uh, doing that, because she might throw her water bottle let me but I am so glad that she's here in the studio with me today and we want to hear from you guys today if you've got um, stories about back to school or if you've got something that works great for getting your kids or your grandkids up and motivated to go back to school I'd love to hear them because selfishly I'm asking for myself uh, our number is 1877 MPB ring it's 18776727464. And my email is fit at org. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. How are you? Oh, well, you know, it is a Monday and my tank is a little on empty today because it was back to school for us last week, which it was for you as well, because your child that you have left in in, um, high school started last week as well and so i'm I'm struggling a little bit because it's been an adjustment, getting it back is. in the routine of things it is,
0: and i'm I'm still struggling. I have my junior in college heading back to Delta State tomorrow and supposed to be leaving Wednesday, but decided to go back tomorrow, so he just can't wait no, cannot wait, which is a good thing.
1: It's a good thing, but I know it hurts your mama heart a little bit it does <laughs> it does' my babies started um, fifth grade which where they go to school is uh, middle school and so I am a little bit in denial with the fact that I have a middle schooler and then my my teeny baby he started first grade and everybody kept telling me you're gonna cry you're gonna cry and I was like I'm gonna cry I am tired and we we've been going to this school for years and it's not gonna be a problem but he was scared and this was his first year to have a real backpack and so he got his little lego ninjago backpack because that's what he wanted and all i could see walking down the hallway was this little tiny person with this big old ninjago backpack on just scared to death but marching on into into that classroom and i just got to thinking that baby is braver than me because he is scared but he is conquering that fear and going in there and i know so i cried um I, I did not sob. I, I held that in until I got to the car, but I did cry over my, my littlest love, kind of taking that milestone and not being my teeny-weeny baby anymore.
0: Yes. Well, um, I'll have yeah. tears
1: tomorrow watching, yeah. watching McLeod mm-hmm, leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I, and I can't believe you've got a junior in college because yeah. you're only 29. Exactly. I mean, and you look fantastic. <laughs> you know. um, we I always pick at um, – Because Ann taught me in nursing school, uh, at multiple levels of nursing school. And then she's actually the person that was responsible for bringing me back on board uh, to UMC. Best hire ever. Oh, yay! As a nurse practitioner in the school-based health clinics. So I have done school-based health um, for many, many years as well in an elementary school setting. And I think that they are the best age group of of all the kiddos. But we're going to talk about multiple age groups of kids uh, going back to school. Or even if you're an adult and you're headed back to school for some reason, there are things that we can help you with as well. Um, And so one of the things that I want to start with is infections and (laughs) because I have already had text messages from some colleagues who also work in pediatrics and and that kind of stuff and they're saying they're already seeing tons of kids coming in either with stomach virus or with fever and runny nose and snotting and sneezing and all that kind of stuff so it's it's already starting and we've we've not even been in there a whole week yet so what is that number one thing that we can do to try and keep our kids from getting sick? Well, uh,
0: um, hopefully everyone knows that answer is wash, wash your, your hands. hands. Right. That
1: is the best way to keep from spreading germs. Right. And sharing them. So it goes both ways. The people that blow their nose and then don't touch, you need to wash your hands before you touch or things. Or they cough in their
0: hands. Right. And you know, we encourage our elementary kids, we try to teach them at an early age to cough in your Sleeve in your elbow, You got a cough into
1: your elbow that's right because that is where the germs go, that's right? right? That's the little wrap that we do. Um, and uh, most kids look at me like I'm nuts, but it works. Uh, and then just your kid, even if they're not sick, they need to be washing their hands before right. they eat, before they blow their nose, and that kind of things because it just and also we see a lot of kids everywhere.
0: they'll trade pencils or right? mm-hmm. and the pencil's been in their mouth, and then you know they're. Neighbor needs to use a pencil real quick, and yeah, the germs just
1: spread the love. They do, they do spread the love. So, washing your hands is the best way. How do? What's the best way to wash our hands? Because I know my kids just like they'll give it a little dash under the water, and then they shake it and run. (laughs) No, (laughs) I like back in there, friend. It's important to get your hands wet.
0: These kids need to get their hands wet. Um, Use warm water. Get the soap, lather up, and we teach the children to sing the Happy Birthday song. And um, and while you're singing the happy birthday song, you scrub in between your hands behind, you know, in between your fingers, your nails. Really good. And then wash your, uh, rinse your hands and then make sure you dry them off with a paper towel. Um, these kids all should have paper towels mm-hmm. and warm water in their classrooms. I know that some classrooms do not, right. unfortunately. right, right. Some of our
1: older schools may not have the hot water available. Especially, it may right. Work. It's supposed to be hot, but it right. may not get all the way hot like you would want it to. But and we don't want it hot. Super hot water will actually cause the skin to dry out and will make you more prone to get a skin infection because it kind of chaps and and, and you don't causes want little the kids tears to burn the, either. Right. But warm water lathers better. Right. So you know the way I think about soap and lathering is the more bubbles I make on there, the more germs I'm trapping inside those. little little um, bubble jail balls and washing down the sink so that warm water is going to let you lather better and then also you know cut the sink off with a towel paper towel too because you used your little dirty paws to cut it on so don't touch that again after you've spent all that good work getting uh, the germs off of there and a lot of classrooms do have the um, sanitizer Sanitizer. gels Mm -hmm. and everything and and
0: they try to use that as well, even, even though we do know that it's not as effective as good old hand washing. Right.
1: But if you're going to use the sanitizers, you've got to use them almost in the same way that you would use soap and water. So I see folks just kind of give a little squirt in their hand and they just rub it on their palms, but that, that's just killing stuff that's on your palms. But right. you've got to get in between your fingers, you've got to get on the backs of your hands, under your nails, all those different areas as well. It's just like using soap and water just without the water part yeah. you've still got to rub it around in there
0: and for older kids you need to be careful because a lot of them are drinking this yes
1: yes unfortunately <laughs> uh, fortunately people sanitizers. put a lot of a lot of mental energy into how you can take household products and turn them into <laughs> things that um, can can get you a little buzzed so yes we do have to be careful with those um, I really like the um, like the wet wipes right. that have them in there because if you're gonna squeeze those out to get enough of that stuff out you would have to squeeze the whole pack to get a little, a little lick off of those. So those are a good option uh, as well. And you can just stick them down in your bag and they don't pop and bust. My bottle of hand sanitizer always seems to explode inside of my bag, and then everything smells like hand sanitizer and is kind of sticky and discolored. Um, so those little wipes work out well for that. You know, There have been some folks who have um, done a little bit of pushback on hand sanitizers and saying that they're creating superbugs and that type of thing. Most of the research out there doesn't really support that claim yet. Uh, Of course, we're always analyzing situations and looking at the evidence that's out there. But when used appropriately and not in excess, those can be um, an adequate measure when you do not have soap and water available. But the best will always be some good old soap and water and lots and lots and lots of rubbing um, going on there. So the inevitable will happen, though, regardless of, of how careful we are, because I probably, I'm... I'm very careful. Like, I wash my hands a lot. I wipe down all the buggies, all that kind of stuff. And I still usually wind up with... uh Strep throat, at least, <laughs> at least once a year, once a season, pretty much. So they they all it happens. Does so. Um, strep throat's a common one. What are some of the other common um, illnesses that will kind of creep up around this time of year? Well, you'll see lots of the allergic rhinitis coming in. They're, the kids have been at home all
0: summer long, and they go back to a school that's been locked up. Mold has been growing, and um, dust mites. It, dust mites. Um, it, it's it's crazy how much allergic rhinitis we do see, and uh, have to treat before you know the right. inflammation packs up and then it gets stopped up. In then the it's nose an infection, and then it turns into a full blown sinusitis yeah. or otitis media. So we do um, take care of those children and try to treat it while they they Mm -hmm. have the beginning symptoms um but we do try to explain to them what's going on a lot of the teachers have the same exact problems Mm -hmm. they'll come into these old schools and uh start you know i was fine until i got here (laughs) i'm allergic to work
1: (laughs) or my kids would say i'm allergic to school i can't i gotta go home you
0: know and a lot of the children who are new to the school are more Mm. prone to getting the bugs um
1: and allergic rhinitis, if you're not familiar with what that term is, it's really just a runny nose and, and the seasonal Sneezings. allergy type thing. Some people call it hay fever, even though traditionally allergies or allergic rhinitis does not have um an elevation in body temperature or a or a fever associated with it, but it's the itchy nose, the watery eyes the, the you know the drippy nose the post nasal drip um and then that kind of scratchy. Sore throat. From what I always ask the kids is, "Do you feel snot running down the back of your throat?" Um, when they come in with a sore throat, because that's what's doing it. it's that little drip, drip, drip back there. And so, you know, um, probably one of the meds that folks have most seen used for that in the past are things like Benadryl. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Benadryl is kids <laughs> usually go one of two ways. <laughs> they either yes, go to I am up or <laughs> <that's> sleepy. <right. laughs> I am so sleepy I'm gonna fall out of my desk and land on the floor or they have this paradoxical reaction to it where it wires them and they are bouncing off the walls. And I have not been a teacher, but uh, well, of college students I have, but um, of little kids. I cannot imagine that they would be appreciative of either one of those particular scenarios of kids in their class. So what are better medicines that you can use for allergic rhinitis?
0: I like to use the second-generation antihistamines, like a Zyrtec, and now that it's over-the-counter... Um, you don't need a prescription um there are some um antihistamines that are you know controlled now right. but um yeah. I do like the Zyrtec yeah, or the Claritin. I do too.
1: Zyrtec, Claritin, even Allegra um, good. can be good. Most of those come in a liquid or um, a pill. Some of them even have chewables that you can do. Um, of course, you always want to check with your kid's uh, pediatrician or health care provider before you start a new medicine. But those are generally the ones that are going to be a little bit better tolerated on the kiddos as far as staying awake and also not hyping them up um for school time and then what one that i think is relatively underused is nasal sprays now not the afrin nasal sprays no. because those will take you in a down a path that you just really don't want to go down when your nose gets addicted to that stuff but something like a flow naze. right um those work really really well those are um actually a a steroid a corticosteroid that would go in the nose that shrinks down all that swelling in the nose and that I see more for kids or recommend that more for kids who have more persistent allergy problems who don't kind of get over get used to the the new allergens that are going on in the school and continue to have problems because they don't learn when Mm -hmm. they're all
0: stuffed up like Uh, that you know. Distracting to
1: uh, school, know, the school. Because everybody's, you know, they're snorting and snarfling and <laughs> they're trying to suck that stuff up or they're sneezing. Sneezing, snot <laughs> everywhere. often <coughing, laughs> you know. They're running to the bathroom to blow their nose because they don't want to be that kid who blows their nose really loud in class the whole time. And so, you know, that can be a, a pretty valuable tool in the in the toolkit of treating allergic rhinitis for those kids who are just going to be persistent with that so i think
0: parents need to be aware of a lot of times these kids will also complain of abdominal pain because they swallow at night they'll swallow the snot (laughs) and they'll wake up in the morning they're not hungry their stomach hurts so we'll see them a lot of time in the morning you know a lot of times in the morning in the clinic that we have at these schools and um have these complaints and you know we'll say look it's not really abdominal pain Mm -hmm. from an illness mm-hmm. it's it's real or from something from your stomach it's right. from swallowing all this snot at, at night mm-hmm. and while you're asleep mm-hmm. and it gradually
1: would get better during the day and it does yeah. and so we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about abdominal pain because that can be one of those tricky things that kids tell you in the morning before school and so when is it when is it real when is it a sign of something else going on you can give us a call if you want to talk about back to school health or really anything in general our number is one mpb ring it's one eight seven seven 672 7464. We'll be back after the break.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC, and joining me in the studio is another nurse from UMMC, Dr. Ann Norwood. She is the director of our school-based health clinics um, here in the metro for our elementary school kiddos. And it's back to school time, and they're they're coming, whether uh, the parents are ready, whether the kids are ready, whether or the no. teachers or staff are ready. They've come. <laughs> they, they are here. You know, ours started back last week, um, but I have seen some... Uh, pictures on my news feed today of some kids heading back today as well so we are well in the swing of back to school and that's what we're talking about today how to to have our kids have a good healthy school year how to keep them as well as we can and how to make sure that we maximize their performance um, during the school year Wow, that was an awesome no. I didn't know we had that capability. Am I going to have sound effects from now on? Can I get a sound effect button? It sounds like someone blowing their nose. It did sound like somebody <laughs> blowing their nose. At least it's not um like no, it doesn't shoot anything at me. So there's there's no water or anything that gets sprayed at me like those things at Disney World that spray you when you don't realize it's coming at you. So if you guys want to give us a call today and talk about back-to-school health, our number is one mpb ring It's one And my email is fit at mpbonline.org. All right, we've been talking about how to keep from getting sick at the back-to-school year, and we've got a caller in Natchez. We're going to talk to Buddy about sore throats. Good morning, Buddy.
3: Good morning. How are you? i'm uh, doing great better than i should
1: oh i love it well what can we help you with today
3: well i had some recommendations all things. right uh sore throat lay them on if, me on the uh especially during the times when the colds and things are prevalent brush your teeth often use mouthwash especially at night and gargle mm-hmm. and during the day you can use uh, sugar-free chewing gum so that the saliva in your mouth will continue to wash through your throat that might help eliminate some of the germs that may go down and stick in your throat.
1: Right, just don't share that gum with anybody or you defeated the purpose. That's right. <laughs> uh, That's
3: your teeth often right. using mouthwash and chewing gum to keep your throat moist and uh, I think that does a lot toward keeping you from having sore throats.
1: Yep. And, you know, and you're right, especially when we're moved back into being in classrooms and that types of things, the, often the air doesn't have a whole lot of humidity in it in the classrooms. And so you do kind of get dry noses, dry throats, which leads to you kind of clearing your throat a lot. And then kind of coughing to clear it, and then you get a sore throat from that. So keeping um, hydrated as well is another good way making sure they're drinking enough water. Um, Be careful with the chewing gum kiddos, though, because I would imagine there are some teachers who might – Might give you a a demerit or whatever they give kids these days. I used to get demerits for chewing gum and for talking. I can't imagine that anybody would would think I would get a demerit for talking. I
3: would have never guessed
1: Never would have guessed (laughs) it, right? I got more than my fair share of uh, demerits. But the thing of it is, if you got enough and you had to go to tension, if you just – That's right. If you just – talked enough in detention they got tired of listening to you or they did me anyway and they'd let me go so uh, you
3: brush your teeth <laughs> use that mouthwash you'll kill a lot of that bacteria in your mouth that uh, would go down your throat and give you trouble later on especially at night
1: yes sir well thank you for that call and those tips we appreciate it
3: okay very welcome enjoy your show
1: thank you have a great monday and you know and those are just great tips for everyday life brush your teeth you know and you know (laughs) and mouthwash and and flossing don't forget about flossing um, you know, I think that that's often overlooked. I know my um, dental hygiene colleagues feel that way as well. Um, but, you know, flushing, uh, flushing, don't flush your teeth. That would be a bad idea. But flossing your teeth is an excellent idea. Um, and even water picks can be uh, great things as well. Her eyes lit up for water pick because I know what she uses a water pick for. You can also irrigate an ear with a water pick. And, and Dr. Norwood over here does like uh, like ears. She likes to look in ears and see what kids may have stuck in there uh and because they get relatively creative with what they stick down in their little ear canals in there or what crawls in there and decides to make a little house in there um she used to uh, do you still have your little jars oh yeah she has some little jars of some interesting things that she has um rescued from children's ears over the year and you'd be surprised as to what they do i do Um, like
0: what buddy said too about gargling yeah you know i do encourage students who um and and Adults, too, who have a sore throat, Mm -hmm. and it's allergy-related. It's not a a real classic tonsillitis. And just to gargle, warm salt water. Salt water. Everybody needs to go to the beach and sit in the ocean. Salt water (laughs) is (laughs) – it cures everything. I'm not
1: drinking ocean water, but I will gargle some salt water (laughs) because you got to think – if you've got a sore throat that's from uh, you know, allergies or just the common cold and you've got that snot running down the back mm-hmm. of your throat, that warm um, water will help thin those secretions and the salt will kind of make it easier to kind of break it up and so that you can clear your throat and cough it up and cough it out. Um, and, and it's soothing and too. And it's soothing. It helps to decrease some of the inflammation in there and decrease some of the swelling associated with that. Um, same thing with salt solutions as well far as irrigating out your sinuses Um, that can work well you know neti pots are out there i actually really like one um, that is not the pot it's a bottle mcneil Uh, uh uh-huh the uh, neil med bottle and um, because you don't have to turn your head in so many funny directions with the neti pot uh, that you do have to with the neti pot the bottle you can kind of just stick and squirt and the most important thing, though, if you are going to use a neti pot or a nasal um, irrigation set, one of these bottles to irrigate out your sinuses when you're feeling a little stuffy, is that you always use bottled water or boiled and cooled water That um, because you don't want to shove water that may have impurities or um, bacteria, parasites, any of those things up your snozz and kind of stick them up in sinuses that are not draining very well. That's a recipe for disaster. Yes, use yes. tap water, it burns. It, it does. And- like to use distilled water. Yeah, I do too. And they most of them come with a salt packet to put mm-hmm. in there. Um, I would encourage the use of those salt packets because they also have some uh, bicarbonate that's added to those that decrease the burn in your nose. If you just whap some table salt in that solution, that Just going to wake you up. Your nose is going to be on fire. Um, So (laughs) use the packets that come with that. But those are are all good things for kind of dealing with uh, stuffy sinuses or sinuses that may be kind of congested and and stuck in there. Now, sore throats, by and large, are associated with allergies or with the common cold from snot running down the back of our throat. But in kids... um, we see another cause of sore throats. Yes. And being in school-based health, um, we probably are, we see it a little bit more than, than most folks do. Um, when you actually look at the statistics of it, um, it's not that many percents of this, all the sore throats out there attributed to strep throat or group A beta hemolytic strep, that big old long word. But we see a fair amount of it uh, in the school-based health clinic. Pretty much if you come in to see us with a sore throat, mild spidey sense starts to tingle because it's pro. it's there's a good chance that it's strep throat so what is strep throat it's a mess is it, it, is. it is a mess
0: <laughs> it is a, an infection that is very very common uh with these school-age kids and they pass it back and forth um it it in in the book in a in a textbook it presents as the exudate on the throat however we rarely see right. exudate on the throat right. and when we have kids who come in who are complaining of a sore throat we Um, of course have to ask all the questions to determine is it from allergic rhinitis or viral and um, tonsillitis and a lot of times they to differentiate between strep and just a regular strep throat or just a regular sore throat they'll complain of their throat burning yeah that you know anything that they eat or drink especially anything acidic or salty it burns like crazy Mm -hmm. and then they usually do not run fever which is crazy and they have abdominal pain and headache associated with it
1: mm-hmm. yeah and you know and it's di- a little different presentation than adults adults too also complain of that burning sore throat and you'll again if you read a textbook it'll tell you that it's not that common in adults but if you're an adult that has a kid they tend to share that loveliness mm-hmm. with you or, or mine do anyway and just like uh, Ann said it is a burning pain with a very abrupt onset so you know sore throats the way I tell folks sore throats with a a cold or a runny nose or that kind of stuff like it it creeps up on you it's like you're going I don't really feel good I feel like my throat's gonna be sore scratchy when I wake up in the morning I just don't you know feel great and the the sore throat just kind of sneaks up on you with strep throat I mean your throat does not hurt and then five minutes later when you swallow you go oh my gosh what Right. What was that? Did I swallow a razor blade or something? What happened? And so it's a very uh, much more abrupt onset of the sore throat. Adults um, can have a fever. Kids can have a fever as well, but they don't have to have a fever. You know, I think a a lot of parents are hesitant to take their kids to to the doctor's office if they're not running a fever. You know, you're like, maybe they're going to catch something worse at the doctor's office. But strep, um, you know, can be very, very... um, debilitating for the kiddo and it can have some serious consequences if not treated right. as well um, and just like you mentioned um, abdominal pain and headache and a lot of times the kids that I see that come in they don't even say they have a sore throat like you say did your throat hurt nope my throat didn't hurt my stomach hurts or I just threw up that's what my youngest <laughs> did He just, if he threw up I was like oh yep you got strep throat you know and so be on the lookout for those kind of vague symptoms um, and they're just not Feeling themselves just kind of laid over um, because strep throat is a bacterial infection, so it's one of those times where you do need an antibiotic. Um, You know, we have to be very responsible with the amount of antibiotics that we give folks. So the cold does not need an antibiotic. The flu does not need an antibiotic unless you have a secondary infection associated with it. But strep throat most definitely needs an antibiotic. Um, And it can be by mouth or it can be a shot. I'm a mean mom, so you get the shot if you're my kid so I don't have to hold you down and pour that medicine down your throat for 10 days. Um, But what happens if we don't treat strep throat? Well, it can have um, systemic effects on the heart mm-hmm.
0: kidneys um, and then of course you spread that love to all, all, the, all the, the other people. students all the and people. we do have some children who may have had you know sore throat for three or four days the weekend comes they come in on a Monday and then they've got the rash right uh, that they've noticed uh, which is a big indicator to us as well but not treating it and and we try so hard to teach parents you know how important it is to give this medication um correctly you know as directed they're going to start feeling better within 48 hours but still you've got to give every single pill right twice a day you know every 12 hours depending on you know what medication right. you're on right uh for 10 days yeah yeah and it's so important to complete that
1: it is. all right we've got another caller uh in woodville about sore throats good morning paul
4: good morning how you doing i'm
1: great how are you
4: i'm, going. I'm okay
1: good what you got for us today
4: uh, my problem is, on the left side of my throat, is hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And the doctor, I went to the doctor, she gave me some antibiotics. I, I don't know if I got the name of them. Mm-hmm. And I wondered does it has anything to do with my uh, with my thyroid, because I'm taking thyroid uh, medicine also. And she looked at my throat and said it was red. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, a cold or sinus infection maybe about three or four weeks
3: mm-hmm. before
4: then. Sometimes when I press the side of my neck, you know, I could feel a pain on it. But right now, it seems like the the antibody must be working so it mm-hmm. doesn't hurt right now. Mm-hmm. And I like to get your intake on and see what, that, what you think it is. Sure. Or what.
1: So, um,. Probably what you're feeling that discomfort when you press on your neck is a lymph node that sits right there. So they're they're like little pillows that sit all along um, our body and they help kind of drain infection and they react when we have an infection in a particular area, whether that be a viral infection like a cold or whether that be a bacterial infection like a bacterial sinusitis or um, a strep throat, something like that. Um, They do usually get better. um, If it's viral, they get better on their own. um, if it's bacterial, uh, the antibiotics do help with that, but they should go down as the infection gets better. Okay. Um, the other thing is, you know, if it continues, then, you know, I don't know if you've ever, if you're seeing a, an endocrinologist or a thyroid specialist, anything like that for your thyroid, anytime I have somebody who's got thyroid issues and they, it's really not a sore throat that they complain of, but more like a, a sensation of something sticking in their throat when they swallow yeah
4: yeah like a lump or something yeah like
1: that. then that needs to be checked out to make sure that we don't have a nodule or something like that on our thyroid that's that's getting bigger or growing and pressing kind of into our uh, the esophagus type of area yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that would be my recommendation on that. If that's staying around and not really getting better um, and feeling like there's something stuck in there, then that warrants another visit back to your healthcare provider for them to take a peek in there um, and make sure that the redness is getting better, that you don't have um, an app, ab- a Abscess behind your tonsil because that can also happen with throat infections, um, called a retropharyngeal abscess. I don't know why we come up with words that uh, yeah. are that long and that that fancy sounding, but it just means a pocket of pus behind your tonsil. Um, but that can also cause some of that discomfort that you're talking about. So, um, how long have you been on those antibiotics?
4: Well, I just started about last Tuesday. I think I counted up yesterday. I think I have, like, four more days to take it. And what I'll after my four more days, uh-huh. I'm going to go back to the doctor yeah. and let him check it out again yeah. and see what's going on. It. But as of now, you know, I'm feeling a lot better. You know, my Good. throat feeling better, you know.
1: Good. I'm glad yeah. your throat's feeling better. But that sensation stays in there um, by the time you finish those antibiotics or if any new symptoms creep up on you in the meantime, then that, that means going back and let them take a look, Okay.
4: Okay, I appreciate
1: it. You. You're so welcome. You have a good Monday.
4: Okay, same to
1: you. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to one of our email questions and continue our conversation about back-to-school health. Our number is one mpb ring That's one My email is fit at and we'll be back after the break.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and my guest today is Dr. Ann Norwood, and we are talking all about back-to-school health today. We've had lots of calls about sore throats, and we're happy to take more about that because that is a, a hot topic uh, beginning this time of the year with allergies and the cold and flu and strep and all of those things. But anything that you want to talk about related to back-to-school health, we would uh, love to talk with you about that today. Our number is one mpb ring My email is fit at mpbonline.org if you would prefer to send in your question that way. And we do have um, a question that has come in um, through email, and it is about um, those antihistamines that we were talking about earlier. Um, we've got a question that says diphenhydramine versus loratadine, and so and, and which one of those to use when treating sick children. So um, those are the generic um, names of those medications, and so some folks may not know exactly what those are, but diphenhydramine is Benadryl. Um, and loratadine is your Claritin, um, brand of medication. And so they are very, very similar. They are both antihistamines. Um, one is an older antihistamine. That would be the Benadryl one or the diphenhydramine, And then loratadine is that second generation that you were talking about earlier and, um, or the Claritin, Zyrtex, Allegra type medications that are usually what we call non-sedating. So they don't make you as sleepy. So, um, I know what I think about using those in sick children. Tell me what you think about using those in sick children.
0: Well, I, I kind of would like to talk to the person and ask right. exactly what, what a sick. is a sick children. <laughs> right? you know, what, what is the child sick with? Right. Um, because we do like to use those two for allergies. Those are mm-hmm. great allergy medications. Also, those children who have asthma, you know, yeah. will use the loratadine or the um, Zyrtec. As well, so I kind of we
1: need to kind of know what, exactly what what is sick, is sick right children because if it's just a runny drippy nose itchy watery eyes right. sneezing perfect that kind of absolutely I personally would pick the um, loratadine or the? over the diphenhydramine the because of those um, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum that kids can have with that either being uh, super uh, snowed and fall asleep or being super hopped up and bouncing in their little chairs Um, but if the child or the adult for that matter has um, a viral or a bacterial infection in their nose and sinuses and so their snot is thick Yellow, creamy, green, any of those types of... I've had it for over... I've had it for over a week. um, Then I tend not to use those medications because the things that make them so great about treating allergies is the fact they dry you up. But if you've already got thick snot that's in your nose and in your sinuses if I dry that up even more I just turn it into dehydrated snot that is stuck in your sinuses and can make you worse actually so uh, that would be the perfect time for a decongestant or those nasal saline rinses that we talked about and if you ever
0: want to start using these these medications because they are over the counter and that you have to be really careful about using over-the-counter medications. Everyone thinks, oh, you can buy them at the grocery store now. It's safe. You know, and it's, it may say 5 milligrams for this age and 2 milligrams for this one. But I, I really encourage parents not just to give them that full dose the right. first time they give it to them. If it says 5 milligrams... Give them 2.5, 2. Right.
1: you know. Or when it gives you a range. Two, if it says, you know, one to two teaspoons. Right. Give the Give lower the one, one and see yes. how they do with that, you right. know, because you can always up it the next time. Because these but... are 12-hour drugs. Yeah. So once, it, once it's in there. <laughs> or 24-hour drugs. It's in there. So when... And, you know, there's no getting it back out, you know, <laughs> once right. it's in there.
0: Yes, yeah, so All you right. have to be careful.
1: <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Jackson and talk with Edward this morning. Good morning, Edward.
5: Hey, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Listen, the problem with your schools is you did everything backwards. When I went to school, we didn't have any air conditioning, first of all. <laughs> and secondly, we didn't go back to school until after Labor Day. Oh, yes. but I preach. I would love it. And the deal is, you know, like the business is to determine that. But the thing was, I can count my hands from, from kindergarten. I never did go to kindergarten, but from 1st to twelve. How many times I was sick and out of school, mm. and I can't remember hardly anybody ever getting sick. Mm. We had the windows open oh uh, in the morning, we'd go out behind the school and play and carry on at lunchtime. after that we wouldn't have any p t but we'd have uh, you know forty five minutes after lunch we'd go play right. punch bowl and the girls would jump rope, and they would be all like you know running around like with our heads cut off <laughs> and uh mm. uh if the kids go into these closed environments uh in, in the in the heat of the of the uh Year, and the, and the air conditioner just just gets everything in the air mixed up, and everybody gets it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's probably the main problem. Now, as far as the guy with uh, brushing his teeth, uh, I go to a store where you just pay a dollar for stuff, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And I get this Lavoris uh, mouthwash, and what I do is I put the mouthwash in there, and get my toothbrush with baking soda, and I brush my teeth. Well, uh, you know, with the baking soda, use the brush picks with that solution in my mouth and then floss my teeth and then i just put the toothpaste in and let the uh the teeth when they're clean on the, and there's nothing between the gums and let the fluoride uh be absorbed into the teeth gotcha and it, it works you know if i haven't i haven't had any cavities mm-hmm. now i'm over 70 and i still got all my teeth in one shape or another you know they a <laughs> little better than me <laughs> <laughs> but i have all my teeth and uh I'm in. I'm in good health, and uh, uh and like the men, guys, I always chew. When I quit smoking, good. I, I started. I started to try dent gum. Yeah, it can. Not chew, chew that gum religiously, and that, that you know, like it, it mm-hmm. like me, it uh, equalizes the acids, and. uh it gives you something to do, and like you yeah. said, it, it makes you talk a little bit less too.
1: <laughs> well, maybe I should chew more gum, but not while I'm on the air because I think that my producer would yeah. get mad at me if I did not talk if I just but sat uh, here and stared. I, I,
5: it always astounded me to uh, start in school with August, when it's, when it's red hot and and, mm. and you know and all the humidity and, and you know because when it hits September. Uh, Labor Day usually comes maybe a, a good part of a week after the first of September and the air is a whole different uh ball game yeah. than it is now.
1: It's got that and little then Christmas then, to it.
5: And then when they get let out and, you know, in the middle to the end of June, uh the weather's just getting good for vacation and I have a good long vacation and, and the end of June, July and all the way through August to part of September. Oh. I can't understand why they uh, uh, it starts so early around here, but
1: i yeah. hear you i would appreciate a little a, another couple of weeks of of rest but you know i would dread it just as bad when it rolls back around so thank you for your call edward we're going to take the last break of the show so now is the time if you have a question or a comment to give us a ring and that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring my email is fit at mpbonline.org and we'll be back to finish up back to school health after the break
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and joining me in the studio is Dr. Ann Norwood. We are both nurse practitioners at UMMC, and we both and have a passion for school-based health and that's what we've been talking about today is back to school health and how we can keep Um, these kiddos healthy as they move throughout this first semester of school and help them to have as successful of a school year as they can. We've had lots of calls about sore throats and runny noses and coughing and sneezing and that is completely appropriate because that is what is around the corner and coming. Um, But um, now is the time if you do have a question or a comment to give us um, a call as we'll be almost out of time toward the end of the show so go ahead and get on those lines now. Um, One of the things that I want to talk about before we finish is hearing and vision, because those are two things that um, may not, depending on uh, the age of the child and um, the type of wellness exams that they have done the may or may not get hearing and a vision screen as part of their um, wellness exams that they do. Um, now, if you're um, a kid with Medicaid, you absolutely get those um, as part of your EPSDT screening, which is your yearly wellness screening that we do tons of in the school-based clinics. Um, and just in general practice, we do those hearing and visions. Um, but some kids may not uh, get that done unless they indicate that they have a problem you know like they're squinting trying to read the board or they sit really close to the tv at home or they complain of frequent headaches that's another one that that should always kind of tip your um your radar toward the fact that maybe they're having trouble seeing but why do kids need to have that vision and hearing screen done before they go to school
0: well it's so important that this this is done because if they they can't see they can't hear and they're not going to learn. And a lot of times teachers, um, I'm not saying this is as overall, but sometimes teachers will label them you know, as development and delayed. Um, or they they're, not learning, dis- they're not learning. They're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it's because they can't see or they can't hear. And so it's so important to have this done. And, and we do a lot of these well child checks. And, uh, in fact, there's two schools where we have these uh, nurse-based uh, clinics or nurse managed clinics they're um, you know supported by nurse practitioners there we do school-wide right. screenings and uh, we do every child in the whole school uh, these free screens and we get the university of mississippi medical center school of nursing the med students and um, dental hygiene students mm-hmm. too as well to come and help with this and we do hearing, and vision screenings as part of the overall screenings that that we do. And then after that, we pull those children out and and retest them them, again just to make sure that in the – cattle run it was not right because um, that's about
1: depending on which school we're talking about anywhere from 250 to 400 or so right. kids that we're trying to get screened in right. you know a day or two um that's through exactly there right. so it can be a little bit like herding wet cats yeah. trying to get them and through sometimes there the
0: children don't know the
1: alphabet right.
0: and so you're thinking oh they're 2400 they can't even mm. see that big e well right. they don't know their they letters know that's yet e, right so we have the picture right. um charts that we use or the snelling charts that we use or just the ease um and then of course we have audiometers as well as um that will test with their hearing and get them in if they do not if they don't pass pass that. that test um
1: so but we do pull them in and take a look because a lot of times or what I see a lot of times is the audiometer which is a little black machine that has a little tip on it you stick it in their ear and it makes a, a beeping noise and so they're supposed to tell you when it beeps um and it's uh, assessing the the decibel level that they can hear at um but if their ear is full of wax which i see a lot of kids with stomped mm-hmm. up ears because of of the q-tip fiascos right. that we we have um then they're they're not going to foreign <laughs> bodies or foreign bodies then they're <laughs> not going to transmit the sound well so you know if they fail or are or, or unable to hear that initial hearing screen And bring them into the clinic, take a peek, and see if there's a big wad of something in there that we can get out um, and save those um, parents a trip to, you know, an audiologist for a formal hearing evaluation. But if that ear looks good and they're not hearing, then we got to get that fixed because just like you said, if they can't hear, then they are not going to pay attention in class because right. they don't know that anything's being right. said to them. And that often gets um, kind of labeled as, as they're well staring off, delays, right? You know. Speech delay is another one, which, you know, dealing with my youngest who's had a speech um, issue and has been in speech therapy, it impacts how they read. You know, if you can't, if you have trouble with one of the letters, then you're not able to sound out those words as well as other folks. So it really does impact the their overall academic performance it does and gosh if they can't see and they're supposed to wear glasses they the glasses need to come to school with them
0: and i'm a, i'm very excited when i first started wearing glasses in fourth grade i was very very nearsighted mm-hmm. and uh, we only had one or two different types of frames out now the frames there are, are purple cool and pink, ones right? right round and recti- i mean all different sorts and shapes mm-hmm. and colors and Um, So there's no reason for children to not want to wear glasses. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's actually a cool thing. I see some of them that are just decorative. Yeah, Yeah. they're plain. There's no no prescription in the lens. And so it's actually a cool thing to wear glasses now, uh, which is good. That's. Totally different from when I was. Oh, I wearing started glasses. wearing them when I
1: was in fifth grade as well, and I had the super cool ones that like got dark um, in the sun and then got light when you went in. So I thought I was super awesome, but they did not make for the greatest pictures um, of me outside. But um, they are so very important. Yeah. So you and know, as far as parents, y'all y'all
0: really need to watch your children if they're reading and they have to hold the book real close to read. You know, they may be nearsighted right, or right. get close to the TV right. or. Um, they, If they're not answering you, it may not be selective hearing, right, <laughs> not wanting yeah. to listen to you to go make their bed up or <laughs> take the dishes back. Yeah, it's, it sometimes it, sometimes, sometimes it is, though. Sometimes it is. Just be yeah. aware. Yeah. you know, Be aware of your children yeah. and and how they are acting
1: and reacting. Right. So we've covered a lot of good things today. If you did not get your question or your comment into us today about back-to-school health, you can always email that to me at fit at mpb online.org and you know my greatest hope for our kiddos is that they reach their full potential that they are happy and that they um, stay as healthy as they can as we go throughout this school year and no parents out there that it is hard and you know we're all doing the best we can but i hope that we were able to give you some tips and tricks today that will help you this upcoming school year like to thank my guest Dr. Ann Norwood. It has been awesome and fun as always. Thank you. Y'all should hear us during the commercial breaks (laughs) because we talk about some gross things in here but we have a good time and please remember to tune in every weekday at 11 for the full Southern Remedy lineup and tune in next Monday to hear me again on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.